When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I didn't think it was anything at first. I mean, I think I just didn't want to believe it. The first time I felt it was at Day of the Dead. The power went out that night, too. And then I felt it again at the field near the Nelson farm the next day. Then again yesterday outside Castle Byers. What does it feel like? It's almost like... You know when you drop on a roller coaster? Sure. Yeah, no. It's like everything inside your body is just sinking all at once, but this is worse. Your body, it goes cold and you can't breathe. I felt it before, whenever he was close. Whenever who was close? The Mind Flayer. No, but what if he never left? What if we locked him out here with us? there everybody did you miss me i uh want to apologize for not getting this episode up last week now if you're in the future uh this means nothing to you but if you've been up to date with the show you'll notice that last week there was no stranger danger uh that just means that you get an extra week sort of kind of let's be honest last week I went to a concert, didn't get home till one o'clock in the morning, Friday morning, had to work the next day. It was my birthday my wife wanted to go do stuff and I just couldn't. I tried to fit doing Stranger Danger. I tried to do it earlier in the week and that didn't happen. I tried to fit everything in and um, something had to, had to be dropped and unfortunately it had to be my podcast. I couldn't say to my wife, no, no, dear, I don't want to go out to dinner. Thank you so much, but I'm going to go in the other room and talk about Stranger Things. That wouldn't go over well, but fear not for anyone else who's listening to this again in the distant future. um, How are you? 
How are things? And are you listening to this in your flying car? I'm already um, losing it. Look, we're done. We're back. And we're ready to talk about Stranger Things 3, Chapter 4, The Sauna Test. Now, this episode picks up right back at Max's house uh, where Ellen and Max are having a sleepover. Eleven is brushing her teeth, and you can see she's thinking about that encounter she had with Billy and what she saw, you know, in the void. You can see it's on her mind as she heads to bed where Max wants to read comic books with her, but Max sees that Eleven is bothered by what they saw. Hey, there's nothing to worry about anymore, okay? Doesn't make sense. What doesn't make sense? Heather. The blood. The ice. Heather had a fever, so she took a cold bath, but she's better now. That has to be it. I don't know where that blood came from, but we saw her. We both saw her. She's totally fine. What about Billy? What about him? He seemed wrong. (laughs) Wrong is kind of like his default, but it's nice to know he's not a murderer, because that would have totally sucked. You can see Max is downplaying it, uh, trying to downplay Eleven's fears. Um, but you have to wonder if Max is also doing that for herself, trying to downplay her own fears. Uh, and it's, she just wants to focus on comic books. And Max is like, this is why you shouldn't hang around with Mike all the time. Because Elle did not know who Wonder Woman was. Wonder Woman. Hmm. Interesting kind of a, I wouldn't say a theme, but, you know, there's definitely quite a, uh, quite some wonder women in this show. Huh? Right? Now, it's on this same rainy night that we cut over to Mrs. Driscoll's house, and uh, she's not really having a good time right now. Let me go! Doris, we need you to stay calm for us, okay? Stay calm. So, you two want to explain to me what in the name of Jesus just happened here? I swear to God, when they first showed that um, that deputy, that I thought it was Andy Samberg. Like, I forgot about the other deputy. Uh, I feel like this is the only episode he's in. He uh, He's completely freaked out. Um, and because Mr. Driscoll is just freaking out, freaking out. I have to go back. I have to go back over and over. Uh, the ambulance takes her away and there, you know, Nancy and Jonathan are just kind of standing there on the front porch. Like what is going on? Uh, the deputy is like, what the hell's going on? And, uh, the, as the ambulance drives by the old steelworks factory, uh, Mrs. Driscoll's eyes open widely and she just reaches out with one arm as if, you know, she doesn't say anything, but it's almost as if she needs to, she says like, this is where I need to be inside that steelworks. And, uh, you know, who's inside the steelworks? It's Heather, Billy, and, uh, Heather's parents. Heather's dad wakes up. His mouth is gagged and he's tied up. 
He looks over and he sees Heather mo- Heather's mom in the same situation. You could just see the panic in his voice. Uh, and then their daughter approaches. Hi, Daddy. Is whatever he's got you into, you don't have to do this. You can stop this. There is no stopping it, Daddy. You'll see. listening to right now is uh, their faces being sucked by some sort of face hugging tentacle type thing I mean you have to uh, you have to feel terrible for for these people look the guy is kind of a dick at the newspaper but he is a family man loves his wife loves his daughter and it's heartbreaking when you when you see that these two people are thinking that their daughter went psychotic and that it's really her, you know, either wanting to do these things or being brainwashed by these things, um, by, you know, Billy. Uh, but, you know, it's not. She's possessed, basically. And it's not even her doing this. Uh, they. It's funny. Billy and Heather just talk to them both in the same monotone, calm voice, almost too calm, telling them, you'll see. Try to stay still. And uh, they walk away and that monster just approaches them, you know, sucks both their faces, and uh, basically pumping them, I guess, full of, full of uh, mind flayer goo. I don't know. And uh, that's when the opening credits for the show start. After the credits, we come back to Hopper's house, cabin, shack, whatever you want to call it. He seems to be in a lot of pain, uh, after he, you know, got the crap beat out of him, and he's just kind of like waking up. You see him; he's under a blanket on the couch, um, and he's kind of just stirring, coming to. You could see he's like, Ugh. Oh. "How long have I been out?" Uh, a while. You've been uh, drifting in and out. Slowly. What's the last thing you remember? Some thug attacked me. Hey, you need to rest. No, fine. No, I'm you're fine. not fine, fine. Hopper. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Where are my clothes? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Let me. I'll. I'll take it from here, Joyce. Uh, it was nice of Joyce to um, nurse Hopper back to health and stay with him. But all his clothes. I mean, I guess. Turns out they were all soaked. Um, so Joyce is, you know, she's 
more consumed or more focused on this this dude who beat the crap out of Hopper. Um, she starts asking about him right away, but he didn't get a good look at him. You know, they're trying to figure out, is he government? What the hell is he doing there? Joyce got a partial license plate, but it wasn't much help. You know, Harper thinks it would take weeks to find a match, if they were lucky. I mean, what's the chance this guy registers a car in his own name? But Joyce is quick to say, well, it wasn't a car. What do you mean it wasn't a car? What I mean, Hop, is... Oh, actually, they don't go into that now. We actually jump back over to Max's house, where we hear Lucas on the uh, walkie-talkie saying, This is a code red. Max, do you copy? This is a code red. It wakes them up. She turns over, turns the walkie-talkie off, and goes back to bed. And Lucas is like, she turned it off. So then they call her phone. Uh, and it turns out that it's not Lucas on the phone, but instead it's Mike. I'm sleeping. Go away. Yes, Mike, do not hang up. Something happened. Something bad. Our very lives can be at stake. What are you talking about? Just come over to my house. We'll explain everything. What? Hurry. What did he say? Try Dustin again. He's not answering. So try him again. Dustin, do you copy? I repeat, this is a code red. I hate that they don't get to uh, be with Dustin for a while in this season. I want everyone, I want the whole gang to be together, you know. Chunk not being with most of the Goonies through most of the movie, it you know it, it's okay because Chunk has Sloth and Dustin has Steve. But once they're all together, that's that's really when it's pretty pretty great. Now while they're trying to get Dustin on the walkie-talkie, he's actually too busy over at the Starcourt Mall doing some recon uh, on those pesky pesky Russians. He knows that there's an armed guard and there's a key card to get in. He's telling this to Robin and Steve, and Steve is like, you know, I could just take him out. It's actually a funny exchange because uh, Dustin and Steve are arguing about if Steve has actually ever won a fight. And how two years ago, he lost a fight last year to Billy, and two years ago he lost a fight to Jonathan. Um, It's funny that each season he's had to fight somebody. Uh, But while this is going on, Robin just gets up grabs some cash from the register and runs off saying that she's off to find a way to get into that warehouse. Over at the Hawkins Post, uh, you can see Nancy and Jonathan are waiting to be brought into Tom's office. You know, uh, Heather's dad and uh, the, the guy, you know, yes, the same one that had the face hugger on him. We see that deputy that was with uh, Nancy and Jonathan earlier at the Driscoll house. And he's walking out of the man's office and then Tom comes out and he just looks like crap. Uh, He's got like he's got like a wound, a bandage on his head. He's all sweaty. He just looks completely um, just off. But it doesn't stop him from ripping them a new one. So while we're here, let's go over the facts. Fact one, you disobeyed a direct order to stop pursuing this story Two. 
You falsely identified yourselves as reporters repeatedly lying to an elderly woman. Three, you broke into her home committing trespass. Four, she almost died en route to the hospital. She would have died if we hadn't shown up. Whatever disease that rat had clearly passed to her. And Five, so Mrs. Driscoll is a paranoid schizophrenic. You didn't know that, did you? No. <laughs> disease carrying rats, the second coming of the plague. Does this sound credible? To you, or perhaps does this sound more like the delusions of a very sick old lady? I didn't know that. Her family's furious. So furious, in fact, they've threatened litigation. Litigation? That's crazy. For once, we agree. This is crazy. In fact, in my entire professional career, I've never dealt with anything quite like it. But hopefully, hopefully, you've learned something valuable here. You've learned how in the workplace, in the real world, there are consequences to your actions. Which brings me to my sixth and final fact. You're fired. Both of you. So I'm asking myself here, uh, were they fired because they disobeyed Tom? Uh, and this was just him flexing his muscle as the head of the paper. Or were they fired because... Tom knows everything now and they're getting too close and they don't want anything to get in the way. You know, I'm not sure because he seems a l- more like himself here and we learn later in the episode that, you know, it, the mind flare can lay dormant and be activated. Um, so I'd like to think it's a little bit of both. Like this is Tom still, but he, um, you know, he doesn't want anything to get... He doesn't want them to get any closer. I, I have to believe that, that that's in, in his head. And they're fired now. You know, it's an internship, but uh, we're going to find out later just how important it is to uh, at least one of them. Uh, you know, if not both of them, really. So we cut over to uh, Mike's house, and the girls arrive. And the opening of the show, that is um, that's what Will tells them. You know, where he thinks the mind flare is back how he felt it at um, Day of the Dead, and then he felt it at um, the Castle Byers. I just love that he calls it Castle Byers still, like he's a little kid. Um, and that, you know, you know, uh, he goes, you know that feeling when you go, when you go off a, uh, a roller coaster? And they're like, yep, yep. And Eleven goes, no, which I thought was funny. And just him talking about that, you know, maybe... When we, um, when Eleven closed the gate, what if part of him, part of the Mind Flayer was trapped here and it was just waiting to find a new host? And you could see Max and Eleven a little spooked out by the fact that there could be a new host out there and, um, Maybe somebody that they've been uh, kind of keeping an eye on in the first place. So we cut over to Town Hall where Hopper and Joyce barge right into Mayor Klein's office uh, looking for answers. Hopper lets himself right in. And you can see he locks the door and he confronts Mayor Klein right away about the guy that he saw in those very same offices the other day. The guy that beat him up. That's, you know, this is where Joyce... 
must have told them that it's the guy was on a motorcycle and that must have jogged Hopper's memory that there was a guy, a weird looking dude coming out of the mayor's office holding a motorcycle helmet the other day. Uh, and the mayor's like, oh, yeah, I see a lot of people. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe it was the maintenance guy, uh, Gary or John or something. He's just claiming that he doesn't remember this guy coming out of his office. I shake a lot of hands, you know. Do you remember when I caught you passed out in the hideaway with all that powder all over your nose? You remember? Jim, come on now. Do you remember when my boys found you and Candace going at it like a couple of bunnies in the back of your Cadillac? Do you remember that? Does your wife remember that? You, uh, <clears throat> you really want to play this game? Huh? Not a game, Lair. Okay. Those pills used to swallow like candy. I can't recall. Did you have a prescription for those? Or how about drinking on duty? <laughs> yeah. We have some real fun stories about that. Uh, one call to Tom at the post. And you're done, buddy. Gone. Oh, and please, don't give me that dead daughter sob story. Because I just don't care. Now, if you don't mind, I really am rather busy. Our parade director. So, Hop tried, you know, to just ask him. Oh, yeah, he did. Hop then tried to threaten him by uh, bringing up some stuff that um, he's covered up the mayor for the mayor. And the mayor threw it right back in his face, saying, talking about him being on pills and everything. But then that jerk crossed the line. He crossed the line when he brought up Hopper's daughter. And uh, you could just see that Hopper was like, okay, all right, this is how we're going to do it. Smashes his face right into a door, breaks his nose. Then even worse, he takes his finger and sticks it into a cigar chopper, cigar cutter, whatever it is. And he just stops pushing it down on the finger, on his finger. And the secretary is like, what's going on out there? And Joyce, like pulled the uh, the phone cord out so that she couldn't call anybody. Uh, she's going to call anyway. The police are already there. Um, and finally, client starts talking. Starts saying he doesn't know who the guy's name is, but he comes by and gives him things sometimes. Gifts, money. He works for Starcourt. Hopper's like, the mall? You know, Hopper keeps threatening to chop his finger off right then and there, but the mayor is talking. He says, basically, this guy works for the people who bought the mall. So that they could expand at East Hawkins. Some people didn't want to sell their land. So the mayor leaned on them uh, to sell. Them. Why do they want this land? Uh, you know, and Hopper's asking him, do you have records of these purchases? And the mayor's like, you know, you don't want to mess with these people, Jim. Uh, but Jim's not having anything to do with that. He takes Mayor Klein, shoves him out of the office, you know, throws him out of the room and then just basically drags him out of the building with Joyce following them out. We cut back over to Nancy and Jonathan. They're in the car, and Nancy is just really fuming about them being fired. And, and she's not she's not buying that this is all a big coincidence and that Mrs. Driscoll is a schizophrenic. She actually thinks, she's like, did you see Tom? I think he's on drugs. He, You know, he, saying how bad he looks. And it seemed like Jonathan um, has kind of had enough of this whole thing. What? Did you see him? He was sweating like crazy, and his palms were clammy. He looked awful. Oh, is this funny to you? No, no, it's just kind of incredible. 
Incredible? Yeah, incredible how you just continue to convince yourself. What's that supposed to mean? I told you over and over to drop this story. That it was a bad idea. But you refused, and now I'm screwed. It's a summer job. Your life is hardly over. I don't live in a two-story house on Maple Street. My dad doesn't earn six figures. Hell, he isn't even around. God, here comes Oliver Twist routine. Mortgage. College tuition. You know, they're real things, Nancy. Things that you don't care about only because you don't have to. I didn't realize I lived in a bubble. Well, you do. You want everything handed you on a silver platter. I mean, we were interns, Nancy. Interns. What did you expect? That you would make Star Reporter in a month? Crack the big case? You sound just like them. You realize that, right? Just like Bruce and those assholes. Yeah, yeah, those assholes gave us jobs. Is that what that was? That was humiliating. Humiliating. Yeah, the real world sucks. Deal with it like the rest of us. You don't know what it's like. Neither do you. <laughs> well then, I guess we just don't understand each other anymore. Yeah, I guess not. So, so I have to be fair. I, I kind of see it from both sides. You know, Jonathan's really mad at her for ruining their internship. Uh, that she pushed things too far for a stupid story. Uh, and Nancy is upset that, you know, he thinks of it as a stupid story. And, um, you know, he doesn't understand how demeaning it was for her to work with those jerks. And she doesn't seem to understand how important even this little internship might have been for his future. Uh, you know, he's talking about college and tuition and jobs and mortgages and things she doesn't have to worry about. Um, be, but things that he does have to worry about. And it seemed like they've hit a wall where they just aren't going to see uh, eye to eye. It was a good character moment for both of them. Um, and Nancy gets home. She just kind of goes straight upstairs. You could tell uh, her mom was like, Nancy? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just early, home early, going upstairs. But you could tell that, uh, that uh, mom knew something was up. Something was wrong. Back over at Starcourt, Robin's back. It is fascinating what 20 bucks will get you at the county recorder's office. Star Court Mall. The complete blueprints. Not bad. So, this is us, Scoops. And this is where we want to get. I mean, I don't really see a way in. There's not. If you're talking exclusively about doors. Air ducts. Exactly. Turns out, this secret room needs air just like any old room. And these air ducts lead all the way here so there's only one problem um you see the smallest one of them dustin he's still too big to fit into these air ducts even without collarbones uh and it's actually a pretty funny moment you know push my butt grab my butt steve and dustin they're just so great together and while they're trying this you hear a bell ringing, ding, 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 and, and Robin turns around and sees Erica showing up for more ice cream, and that seems to give Robin a pretty good idea. Now, we cut over to the pool where Max, Lucas, Eleven, Mike, and Will are spying on Billy from afar. It's weird that he's at the pool in a shirt, um, but he is at the pool relaxing, which is like the least mind flayer thing to do, isn't it? Actually, maybe not. A mind flayer. Likes to hide. He only used me when he needed me. It's like, like you're dormant. And then, when he needs you, 
you're activated. Okay, so we just wait until he gets activated. No. What if you hurt someone or kill someone? We can't take that chance. We need to find out if he's the host. Mike runs off because he seems to have a plan. But it's a boys only plan, which Max and Eleven don't seem too happy about. Uh, it's pretty simple. Wait for the pool to close and for everyone to leave and then get Billy to go inside the locker room and follow them or somehow get him into the sauna and lock them, lock him inside the sauna. See the title of the show starting to make sense now, isn't it, kids? Uh, we remember the Mind Flayer hates the heat, always is always overheating, needs to always be cooled down. Remember the ice baths with Will, the ice baths with... Uh, with the Heather, the lifeguard, all the ice they found. So sticking uh, Billy into the sauna might um, reveal to them what the hell is going on. Now we cut back over to the mall and Erica does not seem too keen on them asking her to go into the vent. Is it because she can't fit? Oh, I can fit. I just don't know if I want to. Are you claustrophobic? (laughs) I don't have phobias. Okay, well, what's the problem? The problem is, I still haven't heard what's in this for Erica. I think my favorite line in that whole thing was, I don't have phobias. Like, how silly it would be to be afraid of something. That's ridiculous. Uh, So what's in it for Erica? (laughs) Well, she's a kid, so what does she want? The next thing we see is Erica getting all this ice cream. All the ice cream she could eat. Everything or anything she could ask for, all she wants is ice cream, which is classic. So while Steve goes to get more ice cream for her, Robin and Dustin, they want to go over details of everything. But Erica had a thought of her own as to how this whole thing sounds. You know what this half-baked plan of yours sounds like to me? Child endangerment. We'll be in radio contact with you the whole time. Uh -uh -uh. Child endangerment. I feel like the moment she said that, a meme was born. Uh, so Dustin tries to butter her up with uh, saying that, you know, these Russians are, we think they're trying to, to hurt America. And uh, wouldn't you love to help America? Don't you love your country? And Erica busts out the, uh, you can't spell America without Erica. She's got a ton of great lines in this episode. Uh and she goes on to talk about capitalism and free market society. And she says that she seems that her services are very valuable to them. And it means that she wants free ice cream for life. You got to love it. She's a kid. All she cares about is free ice cream. We cut over to see Hopper's police truck pulling up in front of a pretty big house. The mayor of Hawkins really has a house this nice. So... He brings him, you know, into the house and he leads them upstairs into his bedroom and he pulls out a paperwork out of, uh, out of the safe. All right, so what exactly are we looking at? Land deeds, transfers of property. So your buddies at Starcourt, they suddenly start buying up all this property. They tell you why? I already told you, they don't tell me anything. They're just using you, I get it. What I don't get is why you have a bunch of land deeds in a safe in your bedroom. These people, Jim, they're bad news. So what, this is blackmail? Protection. Protection. Hold on a second. Hey, what is it? 
Hess Farm, Henry's Place, Bullock's. Look, they're, they're all here. They're all in Southeast Hawkins, right near Jordan Lake. And what else is near Jordan Lake? The power plant. Four nights ago, there was a huge power outage. And the next day... Your magnets fell. I mean, Scott says that this machine would take a massive amount of power to yeah, run. Yeah. So what if this machine that we've been talking about really does exist? And the reason that we didn't find it at the lab is because it isn't at the lab. It's at one of these properties. Um, I want you to forget about sales. I want you to come on for me at the Hawkins PD. I have to look at your face every day. I don't think so. So I love that Joyce is right. I love that she figures it out. And this whole thing is seem to be does seem to be related to the power outage and possibly to the magnets falling off that uh, Scott talked about uh, a couple episodes ago. Um, and I also love that Hopper is really impressed and he's like, you should you should come work for me. Um, they had a nice little moment. But uh, and so let's talk about what the whole thing's going on. So there are land deeds. Um people in the area leaning on them to sell their property they're buying up a bunch of property and um that's why joyce is like you know all this stuff all around a power plant maybe uh what we're looking for isn't at the lab but it's at at one of these properties that's why they're buying up all this land because they need this land for whatever reason the mayor's like these are bad dudes uh you know he doesn't know much about them he just knows that you shouldn't be messing with them uh, and, at, you know, when they have that nice little moment where Hopper is impressed with Joyce, it's, it, it's kind of ruined when uh, the mayor tries to escape by jumping out his bedroom window. We cut over to the Wheeler house where we just have a nice, really nice moment between Nancy and her mom. Um, Nancy's upset because, you know, she's thinking that maybe she wanted to be right so badly that um, that she over it overtook like. Uh, her 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 thought of the job and how it might affect Jonathan and the fact that she just maybe can't accept that she isn't right, um, but she still believes in it. And her mom had some nice things to say to her. You know, not nice really. It's not great to hear that. You know how hard it is for um, for you know to be told this or to be thought of this way or to be you know thought that you should only be able to do this. Um, and, you know, how most people stop trying. Uh, but Nancy's not like that. She's a fighter, and she always has been. And she's, you know, her mom's like, I, I don't know where you get it. Nancy's like, you, you know, I, I, I got it from you. And her mom just said, you know, how proud she is of her for standing up for herself to those shitheads. And um, if you believe in this story. Finish it. Then go and sell it to the Indianapolis Star or whatever. And I mean, can you imagine their faces when they read a story about their own town in a big paper like that? That would be pretty amazing. So why not? Why not? Just a great character moment for Nancy and her mom. And, uh, you know, that Nancy believes in something. And when you believe in something this much, don't give up on it. 
Back at the pool, the uh, kids are starting to put their plan into work. Lucas and Will seem to raid a shed, uh, and they end up getting a big pipe and some heavy chain. And Lucas takes a moment to try to apologize for how they treated Will the Wise you know, the other day and talked about how much how cool their the Dungeons and Dragons campaign was. Either Will just was too embarrassed or too awkward or really didn't want to talk about it, or he just really didn't care uh, because they had much bigger things to worry about. So he was like, I don't care. I don't care anymore. And then he holds up this big chain and um, says, this, this, this should hold them. Should. Uh, Eleven, meanwhile, breaks into a locker area in the back uh, to steal a CPR dummy. And uh, Mike tries to lighten the mood a little, jokingly. And then he tells her the truth about his Nana, which you and I, and Eleven, already knew. Hey, Elle. I just wanted to say, you know when I said Nana was sick? She wasn't. I lied. I know. Right, right, right. No, I just think it was important for you to know the context. Hopper, he went all crazy on me, telling me I'm spending way too much time with you. He made me lie. I mean, you're the most important thing to me in the world. What if he's right? What? Huh. No, 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 no. He's just some angry old man who hates joy. But if I only see you, and I'm a different species than you then I should be with my species more. What are you talking about? Did you spy on me? That's totally against the rules. I make my own rules. Mike, are you there? Yeah. Where are you guys? I'm coming. Just hold on a second. Shit. So it's funny. Mike thought that he would just tell the truth and everything would be okay and everything would go back to normal. But Eleven... You know, Max has been a, a good influence on her that, you know, she should have her own choices and stand up for herself and, uh, you know, have friends. Uh, and I know this a lot going on uh, in, in the Stranger Things world um, as far as monsters and stuff. But you got to have moments for the boyfriends and girlfriends to have their uh, talks together during all this. And it didn't really seem to work out, uh, at least at this point. Uh, and, you know, Max, she's just like, please don't be you, Billy. Please don't be you. We go back to the mall where Erica has, she's in the, the room. She's got a ladder up to the vent. She's got flashlights strapped to her helmet. And she is in communication with Robin, Steve, and Dustin, who are outside on the top of the mall. She is ready to go. Operation Child Endangerment. Can we maybe not call it that? See you on the other side. Nerds. As she starts to make her way through the vents, we cut over to the mayor's house. His wife uh, came home in full 80s aerobic wardrobe. And then I'm wondering, was she in that class at the mall that we saw on a previous episode? Uh, And she comes home to see Mayor Klein handcuffed to the bed yelling for a goddamn phone. At the same time that's going on, we see Hopper and Joyce start checking out those properties. They find nothing at the first one, but actually, based on Joyce's notepad, it's the third one they've crossed off, and they have one other one to check on. Then we cut back to see that Erica found her way through the vents to the room. She just quickly and easily pops the vent, climbs into the room, opens the door triumphantly, 
marches through the door, looks up at Robin, Steve, and Dustin camped out on the roof across the way and just has one thing to say. Free ice cream for life. Back at the pool, it's time. Billy's in the locker room. Everything's closed up. He's showering and he's getting dressed, ready to go home. When he hears a noise, he yells out, the pool's closed, and... When he goes to confront who's there, he notices no one's there. He sees the door's locked. All of a sudden, he starts to hear, Billy, come find me, with giggling, and, oh, he can't find me, Billy. And you can see he's getting pissed off trying to find the voice. He goes back, following the voice along, goes all the way through the locker room, and he gets all excited when he tracked down the culprit in the sauna room. And he does this crazy thing where he claps his hands together like, all, all, just like, I thought I read something that he added that himself. I don't know if, if I misheard that or something, but I just thought that was just a cool, like, excited, bully, crazy, psycho. It was awesome. Uh, but when he gets into the sauna room, he sees that it's just the CPR dummy with a walkie-talkie attached to it. It says, behind you. He turns and he sees Eleven. Hi. She uses her powers and... Flings Billy back into the sauna room. He smashes up against the wall. She shuts the door. The boys rush in. They're like, now! With a metal pole and a chain, and they use it to lock Billy in place. And Billy, you can see, he's pissed. He has this moment where he just looks at the kids where it's like complete disbelief. And he just looks out, and he sees his stepsister. Do it. They crank the heat up in the sauna as high as it goes. Now, while this is going on, back at the mall, or as I call the Russian Mall Warehouse, Steve opens up one of the boxes, and he finds in it this green goo. And I'm thinking, is this Back to the Future level plutonium? But I don't think it was green in Back to the Future. There was a movie, I think it was called The Manhattan Project or something. There was a movie where a kid made his own nuclear bomb and he needed to steal plutonium and he used a remote control car to steal plutonium. I swear this happened. And in that movie, the plutonium was green goo. I wonder if that's a reference to this in any way. Um, but you can see it's actually kind of a funny moment where uh, there is uh, Steve is like, stay back, stay back. And Dustin's like, no. And you you think at first he's like, you know, you don't tell me what to do. I, I want to be part of this. But, but he says, uh, if you die, I die. And Steve's like, okay. Um, but that's, you know, that was just a really funny moment. And uh, all of a sudden, the, the room, room moves a bit. And they're like, huh. Uh, now, I don't know why they closed the door in the first place. Maybe not to draw attention to themselves. But they uh, go back to press that door open button to try to escape, and things do not work out exactly as they had hoped. Which one do I press, Erica? Just press the damn button, nerd. Which one? I'm pressing the button, okay? Press it's not open. open door. I'm pressing it's open the door. Press the other button. Let's get out of the way so she can push this button. Stop trying. Just do it. Just stop. Just open the door. Yeah, uh, 
instead of opening the door, they seem to have activated some sort of super speed underground elevator, and they just started flying down this elevator shaft. It looked like it was going on forever and ever, like a quarter, half a mile, I don't know, just very, very deep. Now, over at the hospital, Nancy is taking notes um, as Doris's blood pressure starts to really, really spike, as if she's getting really, really hot. I wonder why. Back over at the pool, Billy... Yeah, Billy is pissed. And now, folks, we have the longest audio clip of today's episode. Let me out of here! Let me out! You kids, you think this is funny? You kids think this is some kind of sick prank, huh? You little shits think this is funny? Open the door. Open the door! Open the door! Open the goddamn door! We're at 't if that's the mind flare trying to trick us or if Billy really is crying for help uh, but it almost works on Max to the point where Max uh, goes right up to the door it looks like she almost might want to let Billy out and meanwhile Billy is grabbing at some of the tile from the wall that broke off and almost gets there as he smashes through the window uh, and he starts trying to reach and unlock the door um, at the end of that clip Lucas Knocks him back a bit with a slingshot. But then the lights start flickering and the mind flare is fully activated. At the same time, Mrs. Driscoll starts freaking out. She's like, rah, rah, and then Billy starts freaking out. Rah, rah, rah. 
and he like powers his way out of the sauna by smashing the door, breaking the chain, smashing, smashing. I mean, it's ridiculous. And he comes face to face with Eleven. Strength versus strength. She uses her powers and takes this bench press bar and waits and just smashes right, right, Billy right up against the wall. And he resists. He actually fights back. And he gets to her and he starts choking her, like really choking her. Like, and the people are freaking out. Mike, the man, comes to the rescue by smashing Billy on the back with the pole, which does enough to distract Billy but, uh, and at least to drop Eleven and save him. But then Billy starts to go after Mike. And all of a sudden, Billy's just lifted Lifted off the ground. Friggin' Eleven just uses her powers. You can see the emotion and how much it's taking out of her. And Billy's like, lifted off the ground. And then she flings him through the goddamn brick effing wall before she collapses into Mike's arms. They get up uh, and they go to look over out the window and we see Billy. He survived it, but he's running away. They survived him. He survived them, but he did get away. He got away, and he ended up heading right back to Heather at the Steelworks. The girl, was it her? Yeah, it was her. She knows now. She knows about me. She could have killed me. Yes, but not us. Not us. It's at this point that the camera pulls back to reveal a bunch of people just standing there in a catatonic state as the monster stands before them. I didn't see anybody that I recognized, um, but it seems like they've caught an awful lot of people. And as you hear the monster roaring, the episode comes to an end. So, what did we learn here? Well, the big thing is, is that the kids know the Mind Flayer is back. And they know that Billy uh, has been taken as a host. So now, there's no more speculating. Now the fight for Hawkins is ready to begin again. Dustin and Robin, Erica and Steve, they are um, they're getting closer to figuring out what the hell the Russians are doing. Or are they actually getting closer to figuring out what they're doing? They're getting closer to what they're actually doing. Maybe not figuring out, but they're getting physically closer to it. As the episode ends, they're going down this giant elevator shaft and to God knows who, kn- who knows where. Um, Hopper and uh, Joyce, they are seem to be on the trail also to what the hell these Russian folks might be doing. I don't even know if they know they're Russian yet. They just know that it's these people who bought up the Starcourt Mall. Um they need to know what's going on with this power plant. So they seem to be closing in on them at one end. Dustin and Steve seem to be closing on them and Erica and Robin at another end. And then we got Max, Will, Lucas, uh, Eleven, and Mike uh, dealing with the monster himself. So a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Um, 
you know, Mike and Eleven, I wonder if this brings them back to each other at the end. You know, they Mike stood up for her and she stood up for him. They saved each other. They embraced. Um, so I wonder if from there, their relationship is back at full status. I don't remember. Um, but Eric is in the group now. She's part of them. She's one of them. She's a goonie, whatever you want to call it. She's a strangie. Um, the mayor, you know, he knows. He knows that Jim knows, so he's probably afraid of what the hell's going on. Uh, he probably was going to warn the Russians, which is, you know, a dick move, but he's a dick. I'm just trying to think of all the different characters and what they've been, what what's going on with them. And, you know, we'll probably see Joyce and uh, Hop close in at that last... Um, location on their list Billy you feel bad for him this is the this is the one time the first maybe not the first time but this is where you really feel bad for this kid um, he this isn't his fault and then we said it's not my fault you really you it's true it's not his fault you know he, he's a bit of a dick himself but you know sometimes these kids are dicks and they grow out of it um, but instead this guy is turning into uh, literally a monster which is not not good uh jonathan and, and nancy i don't remember what the hell jonathan does going forward he 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 must be with nancy he must at the hospital right um but nancy's not giving up she doesn't care about the paper firing her she doesn't care if jonathan is not supporting her her mom's supporting her and she is you know she's not stopping so i thought that was pretty great um I think that's it. I think I've covered just about everything I wanted to cover in this episode. Uh, again, a week late for those of you who are who are listening uh, weekly. So uh, I appreciate you for staying with me, and I appreciate you for listening. Now, if you want to be really cool, you can go on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can review podcasts. I, I want to say iTunes, but it's not called iTunes anymore, right? It's Apple Podcasts. I don't know. Maybe it's still iTunes. If you go on there and throw me a review, I don't care. You know, you don't have to, I'm not going to ask for five stars. I'm not going to ask for a great review. I'm going to ask for an honest review. I would appreciate that. Um, and if you're just listening to me for the first time, please subscribe. You can subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, really anywhere podcasts are available, you can, you can subscribe. Uh, and the last thing is follow me on Twitter. At StrangerDPod is the show's podcast. And then I'm at Geek Mentality. That's my uh, Twitter at the show's Twitter is at Stranger Depod. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. So thank you for listening. And you will hear from me next week. I don't want to do bi weekly. I want to keep going weekly. This is I put a there's a lot there's a lot that goes into these these podcasts. I take a lot of notes and take a lot of clips. Um, and I need to try to uh, schedule things. So I'm not doing these things, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, I'm going to try to do that. Uh, but until then, until next time, I need to warn you, and I need you to remember, beware Billy.
Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.